Welcome to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, gang. I'm Stephanie March. And we are back together. How you doing, Miss March? I am so well. And you are fresh off the train from Mexico. I am. And are you fresh. feeling rested, relaxed? I You're not am. super tan, which is comforting to me, <laughs> as I sit here pale across from you. Well, and what's funny is I'm my currently... Minnesota tan. Oh! I have this thing on my chest yeah. that I've had that's like this weird little spot. And I've had it checked dermologically over the years. They have determined that it's some kind of a cancer from my radiation. Oh. So I'm treating it right now with like a topical chemotherapy. And there's nothing that says sunscreen like treating your topical <laughs> spot with chemotherapy. Let yeah, me just like, put hey, it that way. Why don't you head like, down hey, to Mexico? Maybe I should put some idea. sunscreen on my white skin. Oh, and my actually, word. I do put sunscreen on. I'm religious about it. You are. You when are. I'm traveling or when I'm at the cabin. Mm hmm. Um, this woman sent me this article recently. Apparently, the sunscreens have parabens in them, which yeah. does something with estrogen. Oh, well. And I have estrogen issues. That's why I got cancer. So I'm like, huh. So there's like certain ones you're supposed to take and there's certain ones you're not. There's a whole backlash against sunscreen about, you know, people saying like yeah. you're protecting yourself from something natural, but yet you're putting all these chemicals on your body. Yes. And so there's a weird thing about that. And I've never, you know, I haven't, I mean, clearly that's a thing that you have to really do research and not just follow the mob on because yes. it can swing wildly both ways. Which, as we know, I'm a mob follower. <laughs> you're Stephanie's a mob follower not. <laughs> and I'm the one who's like, whoa, how about we read some things? No, I read the latest <laughs> Facebook post and think there's the Beniwi. <laughs> You say, Jesus is addictive as heroin. And I go, well. That's exactly right. Well. Um, and, you know, that's how we roll. I know. So, so But you ate, you ate well in Mexico. You were I, killing us. We were all sitting here watching you with your lovely cliff-dwelling, like, beautiful and I wanted sunset to be, thing. I was like, okay, I'm that Instagram girl that people hate in the middle of, we like, a snowstorm. Yeah. I'm posting, like, hey, here's this beautiful cliff. But I did it anyway. You did. And good um, for you. The we went to Ixtapa, Zihuatanejo, which used to go we used to go there like twenty years ago. It was kind of the new hot spot with MLT vacations. Oh, yeah. And over time it's sort of fallen into a little bit of disrepair. Oh, has it? Well, people so really it's like it's not as like Playa del Carmen, is what no, you're saying? Not at all. And That's people really like all inclusives in they Mexico. Do. So then they don't go out to eat or they oh. don't go shopping or they don't get out of their all inclusives. Yeah. So it really has changed the makeup. Like there used to be this boardwalk and this marina area, but now nobody walks down there because they're in there all inclusive with their cups. <laughs> oh my gosh. So many people <laughs> carrying cups. So many cups. But we ended up, we, we've rented, we rented a house. We've done this a couple of years now and the house comes with a lady. Okay. okay. The housekeeper cook slash her name was Socorro. Mm hmm. Most of them don't speak very much English and I speak very little Spanish my uncle is better, but we had our Google translator out and we would say things into the phone and then show them to them. Yeah. So, and my uncle is, he's actually trying to communicate in Spanish, which I really appreciate. And my sister, it turns out, Cubby is like fluent in Spanish. Who knew? I had you no didn't? idea. I no. mean, I wouldn't know, but you didn't know? No idea. We get into the cab and, and 
Because of that, you realize like she's negotiating on things. She's like in the cab pricing up front. She's doing all this stuff that me and Kurt are just like, how much? Yeah, okay, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> and the but she's a to, lawyer, isn't she too? Yes. Yeah. So there's an that. anal Annie. Yeah. Just put it that way. Her dollar, to, the dollar to peso ratio too is great. Like, I mean, it's like forty percent difference. Oh. And so even though usually prices creep up a little bit, it still felt like things were cheap. In any case, we had a cook. And this cook, Socorro, was making us lunch or breakfast. You guys, it was like having a cooking class every day, watching her and what she made. Yay. They just cook so seasonally. Like, you only get what they have at the market that day. And they Mm -hmm. don't go, in this instance, like, it's old school. Like, she's taking the bus into her job, stopping at the farmer's market on the way. There's nothing coming in, like, a plastic bag. No. Okay? So... She's making like sope, which she's patting by hand. She's making her own tortillas. The thing I learned about Mexican cooking there is how much of it is sauce based. So they're making things on the stove. Like she'd go out in front of our place and clip off tree things and put them in these beans. Mm-hmm. They're they're putting things in a pot. With like stems and berries and just stuff that you don't even know what it is. And then they're taking that reconstituted sauce and making things with it or rehydrating chilies. The blender is a huge staple. Like the blender was going every day. Really? Um, Lots of puree and... Yeah, like to make sauces. So she's reconstituting peppers. She's broiling things and then making sauce with that. They poach everything. So she's poaching fish. She's poaching chicken. There was no grill. There was no oven that was happening. If she needed to um, melt cheese. Did you have a grill or there was no grill? There was no grill. Okay. And you're you're in, these are Mexican families that are renting you their house. So you have whatever it is they have. Got it. Um, but just how much soup that they make. Like we had soup almost every day, which you wouldn't think in Mexico where it's hot that you'd be having soup, but soups are broth based and they're easy and it's the poaching liquid from the chicken yep. is easy to turn it into a soup. Um, mushrooms, lots of vegetables, um, but the vegetables were all the same, like onion, zucchini, pepper, pretty standard. Yeah. Um, lots of different salads and they make kind of the same vinaigrette every day with vinegar, oil, uh, soy sauce a little bit. And lime, mm-hmm. lots of lime, obviously, yeah, lots of lime. and fish. And one of the specialties there, we actually took a cooking class and learned how to make it. It's called tritas. And it's like, a, let's just say a snapper filet. And it's sliced super, super thin, like quarter inch thin. And then with lime, salt, and you just let that sit. And so it's like ceviche, but it's long strips. Mm -hmm. So the texture is different than like a cube of ceviche would be. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing I ate there that I really loved, but I think I'd be afraid to eat here unless it was the right spot, was agua chile. Do you know what that is? Yes, I just ate it at Octo Fish Bar. Okay, and I think I would eat it there. This is like literally raw shrimp. Yeah. Usually um, cut in half and almost splayed out so that they're flat and thin, and sometimes they pound them. And then just lime juice maybe some cilantro, avocado, maybe a little olive oil, and then that sort of cooks the That's a ceviche-ish kind of idea. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I noticed about it is the shrimp never is really like, ceviche usually looks kind of white, like the fish gets almost cooked looking Mm -hmm. and then a little pink in the middle. 
the shrimps that we ate literally felt raw. Yeah. But they were good. Yeah. Really good. There's a, we used to do a shrimp carpaccio actually, where you just like sliced it so thin, you know, and they were just barely poached. Yeah. You know, and, and then given sort of that little bit of, uh, of a lemon or olive oil and lime and stuff seasoning. So that was always yummy. One of the things about this place is it's Zihuatanejo and Ixtapa. Zihuatanejo is the town where all the people live. And Ixtapa is like this failed vacation resort area. <laughs> Though I still think people should go there. It is number five on the watch list of places you shouldn't go in Mexico, like Syria. But a lot of that is political. I'm not going to necessarily <laughs> blame the Trump administration, but... Wait, um, like, like it's a watch list for like you're like yeah, you're gonna get killed of, or mugged or yes, what? Yes, most of Mexico is on the watch list. Now oh, they just went on the watch saying. list. Okay, and we talked to a lot of people down there. What's interesting about it is when you get on these watch lists and United States tourists stop coming, it ruins their country because yeah. the tourism is the number one business. Yeah, but the people, what what is happening there is they're too. It's like saying that. Uh, the entire state of Minnesota is on the watch list because there was a killing in Minneapolis. Yeah, no, I know. So you it have doesn't to really work. Like yeah, that. you kind of have to know where you're going and um, where your where your home base is and who your people yeah. are. So yeah. well, I, I felt think that's totally with safe. anything, any country. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. unless I would think that the watch list countries would be places where there is political unrest, you know, and there is it's based on the cartels. Oh, well, and the drug trade. I mean, and there is drug trade in the mountains. Yeah. Um, it's close to Acapulco. That's a huge harbor. Manzanillo is on the other side of it, another huge port. And there's apparently a lot of drugs going in and out of these ports and um, rivals and wars. One of the taxi drivers did say that um, they the restaurants pay for protection, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Another interesting piece of this was how many, uh, I would say, dreamers have gone home. All, all these waiters are fluent. Uh, they're English speakers. They have lived in America their whole life and they've gotten afraid because they don't have papers and they've moved back to Mexico and they're reinvesting in their country. They're bringing their families back together. That was super interesting. And hmm. they're very careful about how they talk about it because they don't want to, they don't want anyone to know necessarily, but come on, talking to some of these waiters, like, well, you speak really good English. Well, yeah, I grew up in California. Yeah. I've lived there for 20 years. Yeah. I just moved back, you know, six months ago. And you just know that it's yep. about that. Yep. So about that was kind of interesting. Instead of getting arrested and thrown away. Yeah. Mm. I saw whales, Stephanie. Did you? That was really cool. I've I've seen a spout when we've been sailing, which is very nerve wracking because you read about whales breaching sometimes on top of boats. Yeah. I, I mean, they were close. It was a mom, a mom whale and two babies. And they're gigantic, just like freighters in the yeah. water. It's oh, super God, cool. So cool. We saw dolphins quite a bit, um, like right outside of this break of the wave. So you can see them. So it was a good trip. Good. We hey, good listen, trip. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so excited that you're back and they're with us again. We started something. I started something new today. I wanted to tell you about. I put a question on the Facebook oh. before the show started. So Yay. I want you guys to dig in and take a look. And we have uh, I've posted a question about ranch dressing, which is important because we have a segment later on in the show about it and i would like for you to weigh in so go check out weekly dish on the facebook's weekly dish mn and give us your opinion on ranch and uh we've got a great show we do we'll be right back we're sponsored by red cow and red rabbit and we'll be right back Everybody, welcome back to weekly dish thanks for joining us this saturday um i there was some stuff that came out this week you know it was international women's day who 
do you remember no. International <laughs> Women's Day being like a high holiday ever before? No, Allie Kaplan and I were talking about this, and she and Harmony will be on Shop Girls immediately following us, of course. Um, we were talking about it. And we're like, yeah, do you remember when we were kids and we celebrated International Women's Day? And I'm like, yeah, no. It, I mean, like, no. It is sort of. But I think it's gotten, you know, obviously pushed from Me Too. Yep. You know, and this is the year that and the and the Women's March and everything else. It just seems more important to recognize. And so, I mean, if this Instagram generation wants to get on there and take pictures of their friends and shout out and be, you know, power up, then great. Yeah. I it love didn't it. bug me. I thought it was pretty fun, but. I was like, gosh, I feel like such a loser. I don't have any like Women's Day thoughts or comments. And then I was like, because I kind of feel like I'm doing this every day. Uh-huh. But all right. I know. Well, and if you need a moment to, you know, yeah, to say it's also Women's History Month. You know, the the uh, the month of March has been designated as Women's History Month. So maybe start looking at some of the things. You know, Milk Jam Creamery has decided to name all of their rename their ice creams as women, um, powerful women. So you can order a scoop of Martha Stewart and top it with a scoop of Lizzo if you want. That is really clever. I thought that was cute, too. Yeah, really um, clever. And then there's I know that uh, I know that many of the Kim Bartman restaurants, uh, they are doing um, winemakers that are are all female-owned vineyards, hmm. and they've got some distilleries, featured cocktails. And I know a lot of the beers, uh, breweries brewed special beers for, you know, Women's International Women's Day. There was a thing on Facebook about, um, what was the name of the beer? The Pink? Well, the Shook. It's the pineapple. You're talking about the pineapple milkshake IPA. And for what did it say it said for women or for girls do you know what i'm talking about yeah i don't i didn't i'll find it yeah i I think it's modest uh brewing who did that but um i will tell you that there was a lot of lists the other there's two more lists that that came out one was um from something called wallet hub that had taken all these metrics and all this data and figured out that minnesota is the number one best state for women to live and that's wow. I know we all Minnesota loves when we get those <laughs> when we get those accolades like we're the healthiest we're the most most outdoorsy and so this one is now we are the most lady friendly I like it I know and so the next list was interesting to me and this is the one I wanted to bring up with you was because it was USA Today USA Today's list and they just did a list that was really kind of it turned out to be a little controversial because it was fifty states fifty female chefs. Wasn't anything about the 50 greatest female chefs or just, or, you know, 50 notable. Just that they just have that vaginas. Just that they have a female. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, hey, female chef. Hey, you have a vagina. Iowa has a female chef. <laughs> what? Yeah. It kind of got a lot of derision and I kind of thought it was, I thought our Jamie Malone was in there called out. Now the text around it was kind of nice, you know, and they talked a lot about Dominique Crenn. And how she's trying to, you know, erase the gender, you know, um, you know, gap and and try to really sort of push down the walls. But it still was pretty much like, you know, and by the way, they also lumped it in the same category as their 50 states series, which is like 50 states, 50 sandwiches you must try. So it's like 50 states, 50 hummuses you can't believe. So then it's lumped in with these 50 female chefs. And so it got a little bit crazy. Now it's a little bit. So, of course, people had to put up their own ideas of what it should say. Like, warning, there are at least 50 female chefs, including one in your state. Like, these are better headlines. I loved it. Here's proof now that female chefs exist once and for all. 
So it was kind of interesting about that. And I just didn't know. And, you know, I, I, it's like I love the idea of recognition and I love the idea of putting names and faces out there. It's true. But it seems like this is where I get into that thing where it's a little bit marketing-y. Okay, wait till. So BrewDog, I found the, the post. Okay. BrewDog has a beer that's pink IPA. Mm-hmm. And I'm showing you a picture on my computer here. And then in the title of it, it says beer for girls. Yeah. What? How do you put beer for girls on a bottle of beer? And by the way, uh, last time we checked, the only person that gets to call me a girl is my girls. <laughs> is my not girls. you, not marketer. <laughs> right. Like how tone deaf. And well, a girls denotes somebody under the age of 21 too. Yeah, which totally. Which by the way is a little weird. And so then it's, I Jana Shortle tweeted this out and I was like, wow. And then another person tweeted out, this giant display of inflatable rafts, right? That you're oh. going to use in the pool. And one of them looks like it's got a mottled oh. color kind of. It's white with it's a mottled blue color. Marbled. It, it looks like a giant maxi pad yeah. outside the display because they've got it blown up. And the blue just happens to be positioned in the exact same place that As maybe a ads. used pad would be. Well, like a, all the so ads gross. on TV do. Yes. Like, come on, people. Where are your marketing chops? I we got to do better. Well, I do think that that was my one worry with this whole International Women's Day, that there's that piece of it that feels so marketingly. And then it becomes where it's not actually about people. It's not actually about reality. It's about come and give us your dollars. But then I think we're kind of snobs, too, because we, we want our cake and eat it, too. We want to have recognition for women. But then. And I'm speaking for myself yep. here. I want to be like overly critical about how you do it. So that's I know, kind of I know. And too. I will tell you that the 50 best or not even the best, like I said, 50, 50 states, chefs, 50 <laughs> women chefs. It was uh, equally, you know, chided and lauded. And there was, you know, people in the media who are all saying at least there's, you know, they named 50. Like at least there's names yeah. and, and, you know, points. And someone was like, well, even in this 50, only 25 percent are actually pictured in the pictures. <laughs> Instead, they took pictures of like the food and the restaurant and everything else. And it's like, if you're going to say female chef, put their face up. You know, so it was interesting. I thought it was fun. I mean, it was it's a good discussion. It's a good moment. Hey, I just wanted to make sure that I got out there. Uh, go Orno Hockey, by yeah! the way. I mean, we are going to state and uh, it is they have their play their state championship game today. They won their last two at the high school hockey tournament, which is the vaunted and lauded and most revered, I think, like high school tournament. Tradition. It is amazing. Yep. And um have they done the hair yet? They've, Are we they've been the doing hair? the hair a little bit as they go, you know, but you got to wait for the all hair hockey team. I think GoMN is doing it or on their website or something has the guy. I can't remember his name. But yeah, there's a lot of good, you know, flow and salad being talked about with the hair, which you got to. It's amazing. There's a just in case you don't know what that is. They the kids grow their hair out or they have their hairstyles or cut it. And it's become sort of a thing. And they take, there's a guy, his name is Deacon, I think something. And he does the all hair hockey team for, and he like picks that he watches the whole tournament. He drafts them. And then it goes on YouTube, I'm pretty sure. So you got to watch for that. But I did get a couple people calling me saying, hey, what's new in downtown St. Paul? Where should we go eat? And so I thought that might be a good thing to kind of pop in a couple suggestions for people heading down to the hockey tournament. Um, I will tell you that the 7th Street truck whatever park it is, is probably a good idea for groups of kids. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have teenagers and you're going with a bunch of people and they all want to go because they can all line up at different, you know, of these indoor trucks, which are, you know, in this restaurant and then be able to get out. It's at like a, a food table. hall with fake food trucks. In yeah. It. Yeah. 
um, maybe don't eat there. Yeah. Maybe well, just drink there. Well, or get some chips. I would say for the kids, though, guacamole. you could get a big pizza and be happy with the kids. It's not the best food. It's also... I don't even know if I... Would you say no? Would <laughs> to you be s- perfectly honest, I wouldn't eat there. Okay. But I love drinking there. Okay, well, I'm talking to high school kids. Remember this? I don't is- even think we should let our high school kids <laughs> eat what they are serving and calling food truck food. Have you eaten there recently? Uh, yes, Stephanie, okay. I have a okay. few times. Oh, I'm that's over it. Okay, Never so again. then we'll see. Go to Cosetta's across the street. And that's what I was going to say. Get a slice. If you're going to do pizza, for sure, just go to Cosetta's, get in the cafeteria line, get a pizza, get a couple slices. That's just really one of your best I'm sorry bets. to hijack your pick, but... No, that's it wasn't a pick. It was I was saying that that is a place that I know a lot of people are going to end up. And I had my own... Did you see on the grid it says beware? Because I have my own feelings <gasps> about that. Yes. So it's not a yes. great restaurant. I wouldn't even say it's good. Do you think about the New Bohemian, the next door, the hot dog Great. place? Go there. Okay, Eat so that. you could do that. Well, yep. There's a lot of sausages and hot dogs. And they have a huge pretzel. Yep. Same people. It's, isn't that funny? It's just not the same food. Nope. Uh, not quality. at all. Um, I would tell you that, of course, the Liffy is down there as sure. well. And that's always a great one, especially since uh, Vincent Francois has taken over their food side of things. It's a Kara Irish pub. I do think there's a mini Palooza going on today or there's a there's a beginning of a St. Patrick's Day Lucky Palooza that's happening down there. So there'll be other food things that are not a super boozy St. Patrick's Day theme. Okay. So that might be a fun thing for kids to go walk through if you're like and in kids, between games. Uh, if you're listening, go to Mickey's Diner yeah. and have the ultimate St. Paul experience. Just go sit at the counter and sling some hash and yeah. do that. Yeah, that's a good one, too. All right, there it is. That's what I got for you. So if you guys are also looking for other or have other recommendations for hockey parents or kids, you know, we do have the Ask Stephanie portion coming up later in the show. And you can feel free to give us a call then. Red Cow's up the hill. Selby Dale, you can walk right down. That's really quite convenient too believe it or not you can park up on the top of the hill that's kind of far it's not it's, i think it's far it's for, a quarter mile well i don't want my kids walking i guess okay parents if i'm you thinking of parents for sure but like i'm just off, thinking these park up at the top of, of the hill yeah. go to red rabbit have yeah, a beer have a that. burger and then drop down and pick red them cow, up red cow you mean yeah red cow sorry yeah. thank you i'm so excited about red rabbit you coming are, on grand avenue are. i can't stop amazing all right you guys well we'll be right back this is the weekly dish we're brought to you by red cow and red rabbit Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And we are here, and I wanted to talk cooking classes, okay? I was When I was in Mexico, I was thinking about cooking classes because of my experience of watching Sakuro cook for us every day. And so I was like, you know, we have all these good cooking classes and cooking schools. I wonder, like, how they're different. And so I'm going to do a segment on Fox on Monday, which is tomorrow, on The Jason Show um, he and I had talked about like, he was like, have you ever taken a cooking class? Do you think it's a fun thing to do? So I'm going to share with you just my research. Okay. Um, I One of the most fun things I've done as a human is take a cooking class at Kitchen Window. Mm-hmm. And I took a green egg class. Yes. And we were considering buying a green egg for my husband for Father's Day. And I just, I, the smoking thing kind of intimidated me. So I was like, I'll take the class and figure it out. It turned out that we it wasn't a good fit for us to buy one, but that class was super fun. I like taking classes at Kitchen Window. They're really designed, I think, for like the home cook because they teach you skills that you can use and teach you how to use equipment that you can use in your own house. Yeah. Um, they have a fundamentals cooking class. They have like more higher end, like learning how to do global cuisine and grilling and um, making sushi. And they really work hard on the skills, right? At the end of the class, too, you get a certificate that you can use in the store, which I appreciated. There's wine and beer at all classes. For me, 
that's really critical. Okay. I like that. If you're going to do a pairing, they've got like dim sum classes. Have you ever taken a class there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just such a great facility. It's been around for so long and they've done, they're just, they so are professionals. They know what they're doing. And the way they set up the class itself, like you really can see Mm -hmm. it's just, it's comfortable. It's a great space. They've got, it's at Calhoun Square and they have like a patio that has all the grill stuff outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things for them is that they do outdoor classes in the summertime. So if you're looking for um, something for a gift, I think that would be a good one. The classes are usually um, anywhere from, I don't know, they're usually about 100 bucks or less. Um, I saw one that was 50, but most of them were in the like 75 to $80 range. What is it for you, just before we go on, tell me what is it that makes a great cooking class for you personally? See, and I'm going to tell you about some of these different ones because in this instance, it's that you would go away learning a technique. Okay. All right. Um, So it's different. You're looking for different things from different classes. Totally. Okay. So then the next place, which we've also had tons of fun at, and you know this, is Kitchen uh, in the Market. Yep. And what I like about Kitchen in the Market is this is designed... So that you are cooking collaboratively with a small group. You may be cooking with a chef and learning things from them. You may be cooking with someone who's an expert in their field. You may, uh, they have this, um, you might be learning about something new. Like they have a passport program where you can learn about like cooking in Argentina or different areas. They do wine tasting in classes so that you're having pairings with wine. One of the things I like about their classes, they've got a paleo class or a like eating healthy class that they do gluten free with Stephanie Meyer. I like this cooking um, where they cook the market. So you walk through this market. One of their most popular classes. And you get like regular food. You pick out things that you want to cook with and then you have your basket and then they show you things you can do with your basket. And I think that that, that's one of my favorites because it's a real life. Like it's you can take it like I can learn Argentinian food and that would be great. But how often am I going to go home and make my Argentinian food? Exactly. But cooking the market to me is one of those ones where like I'm often sitting in the grocery store going, I what am I going (laughs) to? what am I going to make today? And I don't know what to buy or I buy things. And then I'm like, so I think teaching someone to see the things in the market and then pull it back in your head is great. They have um, 75 to $125 is typically their price point. Um, They also have beer and wine available for purchase. And I think that their chef's night off where they, where you're paired with a, a chef and the chef is creating a team and cooking with you side by side is one of the most unique things in the market. Yeah. Um, They have one coming up with Chef Jamie Malone on April 9th, coincidentally, Mm -hmm. who is a female chef who's wonderful, who's a great chef over at the Grand Cafe in Minneapolis. Yep. It's going to be fun. So I like that for that reason. It's a little bit different. And then Kowalski's has these $20 classes and they're wine and cheese classes. Mm -hmm. And they're very compact. You leave there with a $10 gift card for the market. So it's a really good value. They sell out quickly. It's a classroom setting. They do regions of wines. They'll talk about different types of cheeses. They do a mozzarella making class. So it's less hands-on like technique and cooking, but more learning. Okay. So I think for 20 bucks and getting a $10 gift card back, that's a pretty fun value. Yeah, that's great. Um, Another one that's a little bit different is Good Acre. Mm -hmm. And you and I have taken a class there. This is where we learned how to debone chicken, which was an amazing skill to learn. It's in Falcon Heights, which is right off of 280 University. So kind of between St. Paul and Minneapolis. Um, this is a food hub and they're there to support a community kitchen. They have a CSA, farmers produce and how to use that produce. 
it is hands-on cooking class. Mm-hmm. So kind of like um, you're using your own skills to make things like you would be at Kitchen in the Market. You're going to learn things like knife skills, the basics of eggs. They have a class for cooking for one, which believe it or not, if you're a single person, a lot of people don't cook because it's like, oh, I'm alone. I think that's a, a great class. Yep. Also, they've got veggie-centric and ethnic cooking specialties that are a little bit different because part of their mission is really to teach you how to use vegetables. Yeah. So I like that. They have, um, the classes are typically about 40 bucks. There is no alcohol. So know that going in. Yeah, that's an important piece of this because I think it's become sort of like part of the cooking class thing to sort of have a very loose party atmosphere. This is not that. No, it's so more like literally looking, cooking in a small station. Yeah, and a lot of people are looking for that. They're looking for something that's just more technique and more understanding and more you know focused. They have um, one thing they do that's kind of cool is they have a cook's club membership, they call it. Mm-hmm. And for $60, you get two cooking class credits. So that would be like the equivalent of saving $20 on two $40 classes. It's um, you're a member then. And then when the classes are announced, you get pre-sale notification because their classes really do sell out quickly. Um, you also get samples of different produce and things that they are using for CSAs and having in their market. Yeah. And they have a goodie bag. So that's kind of a fun if you're looking for a unique gift idea for the cook in your life. I think that's a good one. That's a great Mother's Day gift, by the way. Wink, wink for moms. Yes. Um, Cooks of Crocus Hill, like four locations around the Twin Cities. It's just an awesome, it's a great cooking store. They do CSAs. They do um, cooking classes. They have like, again, real technique here. You're cooking in smaller groups. So cooking seasonally, they have a baking series that they have a fundamental cooking series. They're kind of more comprehensive and you're going to take you through multiple weeks on some of these. They've got a really fun date night where you're paired up with um, a chef who's your expert and then you're making like a date night meal. Yes. So something that would be fun to do with um, your honey. They really are looking at teaching you again fundamentals. This is much more not show and tell as much as do. Mm-hmm. Uh, classes are 50 to 100 bucks generally. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have a great roster of chefs and local experts. I think that they do a great job of bringing in a lot of local talent. Uh, Leslie Miller, who is a sommelier from Amuse Wines, who's been <laughs> on our show before. She does wine tastings and pairing classes there. And you can, they have another thing called Meet Your Maker, where um, I noticed the guy from BET Vodka who's making vodka with sugar beets, Ben Brunhoff, Brunhoff? I think is his Brunhoff? last name. Brunhoff? Um, there's a class where you can meet him and learn about his spirit and then learn about drinking and I how love to that. make... They also are one of the few people that have um, um, cocktail classes. So really upping your cocktail game. Yep. Uh, Some of the classes have alcohol served. Otherwise, they do have it available. So whether it's that you're taking a class where it's part of your class or you can purchase on the side. I think those are fun. I think cocktail classes are my favorite. Yeah. And and something different. Like, yeah, we all know like you can make a gin and tonic, but what do you do with gin and what are the different kinds of gin and how do you evaluate the gins? Yeah, like, I want a history of the spirit. I want to know. I want some good context. And then I want tinctures and everything else. And then I want not just like pour your gin with grapefruit juice. I want to know what are some of the things you can do outside of just your regular mixing. And you're only going to get that in a class setting. Yeah. Because you're not going to have time to even the best bartenders at some of these craft bars, unless it's a Monday and there's no one there. Right. You're not going to have time to get that knowledge imparted while you're ordering your drink. No. A um, couple, two more, uh, obviously community education. They're very inexpensive classes. They're usually pick a specialty. 
Um, if you're just getting into the whole cooking class thing and uh, money is an issue, I would say that's a good place to start. Yeah. Though I would want you to take a class somewhere else too so you can compare and contrast. And then Mississippi Market has really inexpensive classes. So these are like $10 to $20 classes. They're at the co-ops on West 7th. Um, and also they have one in um, Office Selby Dale. Very inexpensive, small group classes, right? So we're talking like 10 to 15 people. They do things that you'd expect a co-op to do, like starting seeds, fermenting, making kombucha. They do have an instant pot class that was every single one they had was sold out. Wait, who is this? This is Mississippi Market. Mississippi Market. Okay. Uh, Cooking with co-op basics. So kind of a cooking the market type of approach again. The one thing I thought that they had that was neat was tasting of hydroponic vegetables. Because we're hearing a lot about hydroponics. Yeah. So they do like a tasting class so that you can really like. Like a flight of hydroponics to see the difference. Yes. I think that is very cool. And we're having so many hydroponic lettuces come to the market. Have you had Revel Greens yet? Um, I might have. They are brand new. They're um, being made in Minnesota. uh, Revel, R-E-V-O-L. So check those out. They have met Kowalski's. Mm -hmm. And then kombucha. Uh, So how to make kombucha. I just think. Mississippi Market does a good job. It's co-op and it's cheap and it's just a way to be in a small group. Check your other local co-ops too because you know what I mean? Like I would never go to Mississippi Market probably because I'd have to pass like three other co-ops to get there. But I know that those classes are kind of shared around yeah. and some, you know, like our, my co-op does classes too. And I looked at Wedge, uh, the Wedge and Linden Hills and they don't have classes, but I think Lakewinds does. Lakewinds for sure does. Yeah. So, yeah. and also London Byerly says classes like this is just yeah. a little list that I put together. Certix does classes too. I just, if you're looking for something fun to do in this kind of between winter and spring doldrums time. Take a cooking class. I think it's fun. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Weekly Dish. And Stephanie is going to orchestrate the Ask Stephanie portion of the show while I go get some guests that I forgot that are sitting in the lobby. So if you want to call in. It is 651-641-1071 if you want to give us a call. And, of course, you can send us notes on the Twitter, which is, you know, at Stephanie or at Steph March or at Stephanie's Dish. Uh, You can also send us uh, you can also send us something on the Facebook on the Weekly Dish homepage. We'll try to get to that. Sometimes when you send emails, just letting you guys know, uh, sometimes it's hard to find or they don't come right away. So we might answer them at the end of the show. Um, but sometimes we're good. All right. So we're going to actually start off with an email. Um, but again, 651-641-1071. We did get an email um, saying, hey, ladies, love your show. Hoping you can point me in the right direction to guide my daughter. She is 26, hardworking, has worked in uh, good service for almost 10 years as a server, expediter, prep staff, and is in school finishing her business degree. She is con contemplating a food truck as her own business and this woman says she has no idea where to encourage her to look or start this venture any advice would be appreciated i love this question food truck yes well i think the first thing that you have to do if you're thinking about getting a food truck or being a part of a food truck venture is to go and talk to food trucks yes and then you know the big thing is really get to the breweries and get to the places where it's maybe not a huge line you know, I think when there's a lull in the action, walk up and talk to the food truckers and ask them, like, how are they doing? How did they do? How Most of them are very happy to share that kind of information. Um, Minnesota Food Truck Association, too, is a collective of these trucks. So I always think whenever you're starting a new venture, if they have an association, go to a meeting, learn about that because you'd get a lot of information there. I'm not too. sure how organized they are, to be quite honest with you. Um, then I, I don't know. But do you know what I do when people ask me about food trucks? This will make you happy. Yeah. 
I send them a link to the MSP Magazine food truck list. I know. And it's weird. it has We're, all the trucks. So if you're looking for graduation, Stephanie has compiled an awesome list. And we keep updating it every year. We take the ones off that we think have disappeared and we t- put the new ones on. Also, and here's the good stuff is if Chameleon Concessions is a place that is uh, that we have uh, in town that makes food trucks. They're the guys. Mark Palm is the guy that uh, kind of outfits all the trucks locally. So he has a wealth of information and will really and honestly tell you what's what. What's up? Okay. okay. Um, go to the next question, please. Okay, uh, we have we have some callers on the line or no? Okay, just checking. All right, so what we have, uh, here's a great question from Joan. She says, my boyfriend loves scallops and I want to take him somewhere to get my yummy scallops for dinner for his birthday in April. We live in Minneapolis, anywhere near Uptown, but willing to drive. Any suggestions on where to go? Hop- hoping not to spend a fortune on dinner. Anything you can think of? Uh, so let me just say that we have a couple places. Now, Hanson loves Jones on the in the park, and she says that those are your top. That's your top pick, right? It is my top pick for scallops. They always have them on the menu. They're delicious, and I would highly recommend them if you're looking for a place to just have consistently good scallops. Okay. I would also throw in that Martina is, there it is, is a spot uh, that is... Of course, I know I talk about Martina a lot, you guys. I know it, but that's because I'm so just enamored with the place. And uh, we went a week ago for a friend's birthday, and they basically, um, God, I tell you what, that scallops dish, it was so good, and we ordered a second one because it was so good. Love. I know. So there you go. Okay. We have one more that was an email that we want to get to first. We say, uh, She says, hi there. Our youngest daughter turns 21 in May. We're looking for good cocktail places to visit and dinner. She is interested in a flavorful outing, not overly boozy night with family and a couple of friends. And she said, we've been to Red Cow and Red Rabbit, really like both, but are looking for some other ideas. Could be a St. Paul or Minneapolis night out. So we're looking for good cocktail places um, and dinner. Now, Hanson thinks that Nolo and the Basement Bar would be a good idea. Nolo is, uh, of course, in the North Loop. It's a newer place. Um, and they have a great little basement bar downstairs where there's darts and karaoke. I feel like they have uh, pull tabs. And so that's kind of exciting. Uh, Love they, pull tabs. I know. They also have drag bingo, apparently, you said on Wednesday night. Yes, Wednesday night. The I know. basement bars. I know. Super fun. One of the places I thought, too, that you named was, uh, of course, High High, which is a really interesting, yes. which is in Northeast. Great cocktails. Super, super great cocktails. Really fun and different, uh, you know, Vietnamese cuisine that is Southeast Asian and just kind of fun and kicky. A really, and, and not like boozy crazy. Like, that's a great family atmosphere in my mind. Yes. Uh, we do have some calls on the line. We're going to take a couple calls now, and then we're going to, when we take a break, we'll take the rest of them. So, uh, Donna, we're going to go ahead and take your call. Hi, Donna. Hi there. What can we help you with today? Uh, I bought an Instapot. I took it out of the box, and that's as much as I've done with it because it scares me to death. You know, is uh, there any place that has a basic cooking class for those things? Uh, Mississippi Market does. We're also going to be doing a. Um, not a class per se, but I'm doing a little intro thing about your Instant Pot that I'm going to be doing at El Burrito Mercado. And you can find out about that on our Facebook page. There's a link there to register. That's free. And we're going to just cook a couple things. I think that you do to do a couple things. One is you have to join our Facebook group. The Weekly Dish Instant Potters. And you can find that on Facebook. Just type that in and you should be able to find us. We have a great group, a robust group. Barbara Lyons is a friend of ours and she answers lots of questions. But you'll talk about 
what should I do? How should I get started? I also think watching, um, if you're a YouTuber, watching a YouTube video might help you. And then just reading the manual and taking, um, getting a cookbook because it's actually pretty easy. I would say this. It's not, if you, I would take the fear out of it and just do a couple things first, like do eggs, you know, and do something simple like maybe rice risotto and then just start with that and that's a good easy way they're not scary you just kind of got to jump in there is you know a little bit of a you got to kind of test it and see how it goes all right okay moving on on to carrie Carrie. hi carrie yes hey what's going on today hey i have a question so my parents have a like i think a 50th wedding anniversary coming up next month and my dad mentioned steak okay okay you're looking for a steak place yeah, but how many like people? Um, one, two, three, four, like six or eight. Okay, that's a table. That's all right. Uh, I would say there's something good, great about Birch Steak up in Lowry Hill area because you don't have to just get steaks. Like if he wants a steak, you can definitely get a steak, and then other people can get great steaks. But they're also smaller sizes of steaks too. So and they have a private expensive. room for about twelve. So if you could get a larger group together, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Shannon, we'll get to you when we come back at the top of the hour. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish presented by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. That's going to be opening on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Red Cow has four locations. We're going to go ahead and take Shannon's call when we come back and give you the top two in our two. We'll be right back.